From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to this Monday edition of Washington. Watch y'all be had a great weekend. Uh, we did. Uh, on Saturday at uh, Houston First Baptist, we had a phenomenal Stand Courageous Men's Conference. So it was uh, a long but very rewarding weekend. It was great to meet several of our Washington Watch listeners and viewers from the Houston area. And again, our thanks to Pastor Greg Mott and the team at First Baptist Church that hosted the Stand Courageous Conference. Well, coming up, Republicans on Capitol Hill are responding to the latest act of aggression by the Chinese Communist Party, this time when a Chinese military vessel maneuvering unsafely in front of a U.S. Navy destroyer in the Taiwan Strait. What we're seeing is an unbelievable aggression by China. If you look at the balloon that flew over the United States, the Chinese police stations, the aggressiveness against our uh, both planes and ships and international water, it goes right to the heart of what President Xi said uh, when he stood next to Putin in Russia, where he said they're trying to, to make change that had not happened in 100 years. That was the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Congressman Mike Turner. We'll talk about what might be fueling China's growing aggression toward the U.S. military with Tennessee Congressman Tim Burchett, a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. If the FBI thought that giving Republicans on Capitol Hill a peek at the document that alleges the Biden administration was influence peddling, well, they thought wrong. At the briefing, the FBI again refused to hand over the unclassified record to the custody of the House Oversight Committee. And we will now initiate contempt of Congress hearings this Thursday. That was James Comer, chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, earlier today after viewing the document and being briefed by the FBI. We'll be joined by Michigan Congresswoman Lisa McLean, a member of the Oversight and Accountability Committee. A new survey released by Rasmussen Reports finds that 71 percent of Americans agree. Brace yourself for this. 71% of Americans agree that there are just two genders, male and female. And 62% approve of legislation protecting minors from experimental surgeries. Now, that is pretty big news in a nation that's so narrowly divided. 62% think this legislation is good. Now, this comes despite the media and the left's best, best efforts to sell this destructive agenda. To make it the child who is trans and wants to transition to make them go through a puberty in alignment with their birth sex, that's tantamount to torture. Wow, well said. That was the transgender Montana State Representative Zoe Zephyr. I would actually argue that the harder they push, the more Americans are realizing how twisted this agenda really is. We'll talk about why the public is pushing back so firmly against this trans ideology with FRC's Meg Kilgannon. A little bit later here on the program. And finally, former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee joins me to talk more about why, what it is costing woke corporations as Americans are increasingly standing up to their woke agenda. By the way, Target dropped another 2% today. Their wokeness has cost them thus far $13 billion. And I'm sure there's more to come. All right, make your plans now to join us for this year's Pray Vote Stand Summit here in Washington, D.C., September the 15th through the 17th. To find out more about how you can be a part of this event, prayvotestand.org, prayvotestand.org. 
Our word for today comes from Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant in mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which they have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. What a powerful prayer by Nehemiah as he appeals to God's faithfulness to his word and his mercy toward us. Look also at Nehemiah's persistence. I pray day and night. He was not stopping until he got an answer. But also notice Nehemiah doesn't point fingers at the unfaithful Jews. He identifies with them. Both my father's house and I have sinned. Powerful prayers are both persistent and personal. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. The Biden administration continues to stumble on the world stage, this time sending diplomats to communist China yesterday on the anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre. No doubt accustomed to the feckless leadership of this administration, the Chinese Communist Party continues to flex its muscles, dispatching a ship to provocatively cross the path of a U.S. destroyer in the Taiwan Straits as well as attempting to infiltrate Alaskan military bases with spies posing as tourists. Does this mark a cold, the beginning of a Cold War between China and the U.S.? Joining me now to discuss this in Morris Congressman Tim Burchett. He serves on the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability and the Committee on Foreign Affairs in the House. He represents the 2nd Congressional District of Tennessee. Congressman, welcome back to the program. Always great to see you. Always good to be on with you, Tony, and thank you for being a light in a vast darkness of media. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, we want to help give those of you who are shining lights on these issues on Capitol Hill the opportunity to do so for the American public. Look, it, it seems like it's one error after another, or maybe it's an intentional misstep, where this administration um, seems to be emboldening Xi Jinping in the Communist Party of China. Well, they've invested close to $10 million in the Biden family for whatever product they're producing. And to me, it looks like um, access to this White House. You know, this, you mentioned it in your opening statement there. You know, our, our great idea of having a meeting on the anniversary of Tiananmen Square. I mean, if we were going to go over there and spank them real good, that might be one thing. But it's obviously we're not. You know, they own 384,000 acres of U.S. farmland. Um, they have a, basically ran a police force out of New York City. Um, and it just goes on and on. The FBI opens a new espionage uh, investigation against communist China every 12 hours. We have got this thing is out of control, Tony, and we have got to get control of it. And um, the FBI needs to step up or get out of the way. And I feel like the only way we're going to get to them is is through their checkbook. We Jim Jordan talked about it a few weeks back. I think we need to start going after some of these departments. I want to play a clip from um, John Kirby, the coordinator for strategic communications at the National Security Council today, was asked about uh, the U.S. sending diplomats to China on the anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre. Play clip number four, please. We would not call it a misstep. I mean, this was a, a, a long-planned 
trip, uh, and that this is the way the schedule's worked out. Uh, but the, I, I think, honestly, people will be criticizing the timing of Tiananmen Square just making a whole heck of a lot out of nothing. Seems like the Tiananmen Square happened before they planned their trip to China. Well, it also seems like this is an administration that, that's steeped in, um, in symbols and signals. And then all of a sudden, one of the most courageous events that happened and in in, in one of the most brutal events that's happened uh, in the last few decades, Tenement Square. Everybody knows it. You say Tenement Square, and what do you think of? You think of that one bright, brave man who nobody knows who he is and whatever happened to him that stood in front of that tank right. I remember in Tenement Square. You know, it, it was it was a it was a massacre. They massacred uh, freedom loving people, and and here we are. We're almost celebrating it. This this administration has once again shown it has no moral compass whatsoever, and it and frankly, it's disgusting. I mean, it just goes. When does it all end? When does it all end? And what, and what keeps this, this just keep, you, you think, how can they blunder any further? Right. And once again, you've got the communist Chinese who, who no longer fear us as they did under the Trump administration, but now they're just reckless with their, um, towards our warships and our airplanes. These two, uh, that's all they do is play chess with us. And, uh, and we're, we're playing checkers and we're getting whipped just with that, like that balloon. It wasn't so much the information they gathered, Tony, as you, I've heard you allude to in the past. It was the idea that they could fly that thing over our great country, and no one did anything about it. And um, and that that that's what I think that they they judged. Uh, Congressman, I want to ask you about this. You serve on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Um, yes, when you look at as you just talked about the the Chinese Navy Air Force becoming more aggressive, this is very dangerous. Uh, we're invite our weakness. This is my take. Correct me if I'm wrong. Our weakness is inviting their aggression in. At some point, an accident could occur uh, with this type of provocative behavior. What happens then? Probably we apologize somehow. I mean, honestly, this group in the White House is so um, irresponsible. You know, I, I believe what's happening now in our White House, you've got a bunch of young people probably 30 and below that have this president's ear that have no idea of the history, the brutal nature of the Chinese communists, how they treat people, how they treated our Christian missionaries, for goodness sakes. Um, you're showing right there, they flew right in our airspace, right over, uh, right in the direction of one of our, of our planes. They're doing that right there with the boat. They're basically thumbing their nose at the United States of America because they know, they know we'll not respond. And that's when they're gonna move on Taiwan. They'll move on Taiwan, and I'm sure our leadership will write them a stern letter, and all of Congress will be up and roll up, but we won't have anything to do anything with, and we won't do anything. And that'll be the bottom line, and they realize that. And the rest of the world will be watching. Absolutely. And then, then you'll see our enemies um, move on us that much more, and our friends will run for cover because the United States will not be the great uh, the great nation that it once was, and we're allowed. And, and here again, Tony, I, I blame myself and 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 as much as this. But the reason this this outfit's in power is because 20 million so-called evangelical Christians decided to not go to the polls from top to bottom, and that's where it's got to change. Yeah, we got to put so many points on the board they can't steal it from us. Well said. I agree 100%. Switching topics very quickly. Just got about a minute and a half left. 
I plan to get into this a little bit uh, later in the program in more depth, but you serve also on the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. Chairman Conor, Comer reviewed today's uh, the document today on the Biden family's uh, corruption, uh, that investigation that the FBI has withheld. Uh, Chairman Comer held a press conference today after reviewing the documents. Uh, what have we learned? Well, we've learned that there um, there's a whistleblower and an informant. And um, they don't really care about the whistleblower, but they're trying to protect the informant. And as in true FBI for, uh, uh, form, they will say, if we're investigating it, we can't comment on it. Now, what I'm afraid they'll do is run out the clock because, again, I have a very uh, large distrust of the administration of our FBI, not the rank and file agents, of course, but the ones that operate out of this town, um, the, the higher ups have had a history of, of dishonesty, I believe. And then if we call, again, we got to go for their checkbook, Tony, pure and simple. That's our power. Power mm -hmm. of the purse is what the House has. We'll have, we'll call on them to investigate and they'll have their own people investigated. It's, um, it's, it's very predictable and, and they'll drag it out. They'll run the clock out and America will be talked, we'll be on to the next presidency or the next White House and nobody will be talking about it. We need to get to this. We need to get to it in a hurry. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and keeping that at the forefront, it is the purse. It is the checkbook. The Congress controls that. And that's, quite frankly, that's all they control. Tim, always great to see you. Thanks so much for taking time to join us today. Thank you, Tony. You're a blessing to me in this country. Thank you. I hope you stay on the air a long time, brother. Thank you, bro. Appreciate that. Congressman Tim Burchett from Tennessee fighting the good fight on Capitol Hill. All right, we're going to talk more about that uh, oversight committee a little bit later. The hearing coming up on Thursday, we're going to talk about that. But next, good news. Americans are pushing back against this whole transgender ideology. We're going to talk about it. Don't go away. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific 
specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipling their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Check out the website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you so that you will not be a participant, but, I mean, an act, a spectator, but a participant. Our system of government was not made for spectators. It's made for participants. We need you to be involved. As Tim was talking about earlier, evangelicals who didn't show up to vote in this last election, we cannot have that happen. We've got to be registered. We've got to be voting. We've got to pray. We've got to vote. We've got to stand. By the way, there's a summit named that as well, September 15th through the 17th, and you can be a part of that. All right, here's a news flash for the news media. By a three-to-one margin, three-to-one margin, Americans believe there are only two genders. I, I never thought I would be, this would be news, but it is. And a majority... Over 60 percent support laws against transgender procedures for minors. Now, this finding comes from a recent Rasmussen report survey on Americans' true feeling on the transgender ideology being shoved down their throats. Whether or not the institutions of power and the legacy media choose to acknowledge it, they are on the wrong side regarding the transgender agenda. Join me now to discuss this polling data and more and how it's playing out in our society is FRC's Meg Kilgannon. She serves as our senior fellow for education studies. She was a part of the education department in the Trump administration. Meg, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. All right. So this is actually um, not, not something that's surprising, but it is certainly encouraging because we're seeing, you know, we're going to talk a little bit later with Mike Huckabee about how corporate America is taking a beating over embracing the whole LGBT trans agenda. But this shows, you know, 60 percent of Americans, over 60 percent, actually 62 percent, support these laws like the SAFE acts that FRC has been promoting. What did you find in this survey that you might not have been prepared to see? I I was really surprised at the the level of uh, lack of support of this among Democrats. Um, The independent numbers didn't surprise me very much, but... um, but 
rank and file Democrats really don't support this particular agenda. And that's great. To yeah, see. what what I found in there along those same lines is that the the base of the Democratic Party is not with the party leadership on this. I mean, number one, women, 65 percent of women, more likely the men, over 10 percent difference are 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 saying that schools and teachers should not be allowed to counsel students. They don't want this agenda in the schools. Right. Um, Americans with children at home are more likely than their childless peers to be supportive of these laws protecting children. And, and here's a really interesting one. Americans with annual incomes over $200,000 are more likely to want the government to push this agenda. And it's those uh, earning between thirty dollars and $50,000 a year who don't want this who agenda want around. This. Right. I, I, that, one, that one was really kind of telling, I thought, too, because the all the uh, folks that go to the very best schools and can earn really high incomes are the ones that are getting it's indoctrinated the rich white in this folks right that it, are pushing this agenda that went to uh, these colleges and had their heads filled with all of this nonsense and they they're wanting to uh, proliferate sure this ideology and the um they they're the ones too that can um you know, they have the most options in life, right? They can afford a private school for their children. They can buy the kind of education for their children that they want to have if they have children. Yeah, right? well, that, that's, so, the, that's the issue there. If they have children, a lot of these don't have children. Right. Because you really can't, ex- you, you can't escape this even if you take your kids out of the public schools. Right. Because it's, it's so permeating the culture. I mean, you can't walk into Target. I mean, you, you you can't walk into any of these. Uh, I mean, it's everywhere. Right. And, you know, the, the other thing I thought was interesting about this poll and this agenda is this is the same kind of top-down agenda. Um, and the businesses that support this were also the businesses that were, you know, anointed the winners, the ones that could stay open during the shutdowns of COVID. You know, they, they hmm, were – they, they there's – there's more to this pushback on this, I think, underneath all of this than than just gender ideology. And the, the, the children who are victims of this um, are able to speak for themselves now. We're starting to see yeah. uh, Chloe Cole, the young woman in California who had a, a double mastectomy at age 15 and regrets it now. She can tell her story in public. And that's going to move people's hearts if they're confused about this, which thanks be to God. Well, they've, not, tried to, right? they've tried to rush this agenda through. They've tried to tamp down any resistance right. by not allowing children to have counseling. Social media has silenced anyone who's challenged it. But the, the, the resistance is building. Yes, yes. People have alternative sources of information now. They have this we, program. We have this program. We don't have to read the New York Times. We can read the Washington Stand. We don't have to watch CNN. We can watch Washington, watch other shows. And thank goodness that kind of platform for people who are opposed to this is able to get some purchase and, and start yeah. to make a difference. I just, uh, in the building today was Walt Heyer, who was, yeah. who was a man who went through the, transge- the, the transitional you know, the surgeries and everything. And he realized that wasn't solving my problem. And now he is, uh, Walt is a, a, a powerful voice speaking to those, to the, the, those who are detransitioning. Right. And, and that I think is that that's so important to pushing back on this. The, the children that we lose to the Holocaust of abortion aren't able to speak for themselves. Right. But this 
is a crime against nature that is going to have its own set of witnesses. And uh, those people will be able to move hearts. Well, we're almost out of time. I wanted to go back. I really wanted you to unpack this connection between COVID and this, I mean, does this goes back to the mask and the heavy-handed nature yes. of what we saw in the schools and in these corporate People know a totalitarian power grab when they see one, especially minority groups. And so it's this indoctrination and this totalitarian uh, overreaching, right. you do it my way or else. You will use the pronouns. You cannot say that on social media or we will ban you. Well, and it's the only People way People react works. negatively to that. It's the only way, it's the only way you can convince people that there's more than two genders. Right. You have right. to use the power and force of the state. It takes a lot of force to tell a lie. All right, Meg, you ran the clock out on me. I had more <laughs> questions for you. Always great to see you. Great to see you. All right, folks, don't go away because while Meg is leaving, I'm not. I'll be back with uh, Congresswoman Lisa McClain. We're going to talk more about what may be taking place this week in the House Oversight and Accountability Committee as the FBI director may be held in contempt of Congress. That's coming up next here on Washington Watch. Then later, former governor of Arkansas Mike Huckabee joins me to talk everything woke and what it's costing them. That's coming up. Don't go away. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview. Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. And, all right, I wasn't totally truthful with you before the break because I am back and so is Meg Kilgannon. Uh, What happened, uh, this is what happens with live programming. Uh, 
Congresswoman Lisa McLean was actually called very quickly into a meeting with uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. So I don't know if she's going to join us or not. She's not here now. But that gives us an opportunity to continue our conversation, Meg. So thanks for sticking around. No problem. All right. Let's, so let's talk a little bit about the we're seeing more and more of these what we call SAFE Act. We did the first one in Arkansas. This protects our children, save them from this experimental um, uh, surgeries and, and drugs. Texas, latest state to pass one. Right. Fantastic news. Governor it's signed, says it was signed into sign law it. over the weekend. Right. And that um, that you're starting to see the crossover in state legislatures. Few Democrats now are starting Not cross to cross dressing, but crossing over. <laughs> and crossing yeah. over to vote for these bills that so, are unpack that for a moment because this is what we were talking about earlier about how this is inconsistent with where many Democratic voters are. I mean, right. we're seeing this. I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago with what we're seeing with the intersection of religious participation and voting. And we're seeing border counties in Texas on the southern border going red, mm-hmm. voting Republican because they attend church. And this agenda that the Democrats are pushing are is, is incompatible with that. Right. Coming to the United States for a better life does not include sex change surgeries for your children. Right. And indoctrination behind your back at school. That's not what people have in mind. But this is happening so, among African-American leaders. Yes. So in, in Houston, where you were over the weekend, there were um, there were three or four House uh, House of Representatives members in the state of Texas House. Right. Um, African-American Democrat legislators who crossed over to support the bill to stop surgeries on children there. So this is what we mean. This is the kind of momentum we're seeing that's reflected so often so quickly at the local and state level. So what's level. driving that? I mean, what, what, what's prompting them to do that? Because, I mean, that, that comes at a high price. Sure. And they're the same kinds of legislators who will sometimes cross over and vote pro-life or will support family initiatives occasionally. Well, we just saw that in, uh, in North Carolina. Right. Where we actually have uh, a Democratic lawmaker switched parties to support uh, life bills that actually gave them a, a veto-proof majority. Right. So this is the, the kind of movement that we want to see, right? We, the, the bodily integrity for children should be a 100% issue across um, of both parties. Now, I know it's not for all, but what role is religion playing in this in biblical understanding of the fact that God made us, and he made us male and female. Well, one of the legislators that crossed over in Texas gave a very eloquent speech about this, and she cited her faith in God as the reason that she had to support this legislation. So I think it plays a a very big role. So is is that then a part of why the left wants to keep religion out of our schools and out of government? Every time it comes up, they, they, you know, have a hissy fit? Of course, because this is their faith, right? Right. Their faith is in government, and their faith is in in um, not in God, and and it's this this especially the transgender agenda and the queer agenda for America is an assault on normativity, right? It's an assault on anything normal or norms, right? Um, any any kind of moral authority that one would have, objective moral truth, and, and so all the more reason that 
as as followers of Christ, we need to be compassionate, and our faith teaches us to be compassionate, but it also teaches us to be bold and open about our faith. And so we can't we, we can't be timid about our faith and compassionate, in my view. Right. Because if you're compassionate and you care, you will speak the truth. Now, you'll do it in a tone that is loving and with the heart of seeing people come to know the truth and being set free, but you have to speak it. Absolutely. And we need the full body of Christ engaged on this. There are some of us who are called to sound the warning bells and to fight the political battles, and we need other people who who are going to be there to minister to the refugees that are going to be coming yeah. into our churches, right? Who are looking for healing, and the only the, Jesus is the divine physician. Yeah, the and, healing for this comes from the and, Lord, and that is so important because I was just talking earlier. I mentioned uh, in our last segment, Walt Heyer was here. I was talking with mm. with Jenner, Dr. Jennifer Bowens. We were having a conversation. Almost always, there's trauma yes. related to this, and the healing is so essential. And what they're doing, instead of addressing the underlying trauma, the healing that needs to take place, they're compounding the hurt. Yes. So often, trauma. so often, the people who have these procedures say, "You know, I thought that I was going to feel better when when I changed my body to to conform with my delusions, but I I felt worse, right?" And of course. Of course that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can't cover this up. You can't cover up the trauma. You've got to find the healing. And that healing is found in the truth. Absolutely. It is the truth that sets us free. All right, Meg Kilgannon, I do know that uh, I think this is the last. We'll see. Maybe you'll be back for the next segment. I don't know. We'll see. Next, we're supposed to have uh, former governor of Arkansas, Mike Huckabee. But we'll see. Don't go too far, Meg. All right? Stay with him. Always great to see you. All right, folks, on the other side of the break, we'll see. We may be joined by the former governor of Arkansas, Mike Huckabee, as we take a look at what it's costing woke corporate America that's pushing this agenda down the throats of consumers. They're saying enough is enough. Target down another 2% today, taking $13 billion loss thus far. And we're just in, it's just the fifth day of June, Pride Month. Hmm. All right, don't go away. We're back with more after this. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to PrayVoteStand.org. Again, that's PrayVoteStand.org.
Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded communities. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories, and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged. Be in the know. And stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. It's always good to have you with us. Thanks for joining us on this Monday. Now, this is uh, this is the way live programming works. Uh, we were not able to get uh, Congresswoman Lisa McLean. She got pulled into a meeting with the speaker. But we got to unpack uh, really this uh, unfolding story of how Americans are pushing back on this whole transgender ideology. And so um, actually, it's good to have another conversation with uh, with Meg. By the way, this is one of the topics that will be discussed at the summit, the Pray Vote Stand Summit, September the 15th through the 17th. We'll have a number of panel discussions as well as keynote speakers. Many of the Republicans that are pursuing higher office will be there uh, but this is an opportunity to be equipped with information that can help you be salt and light and to organize and help take back your communities, whether it's the school board, city council, state legislature, you can be an effective agent of change. So mark your calendars now, September the 15th through the 17th for the Pray Vote Stand Summit. Uh, you can go to prayvotestand.org to find out more or to register. Registration is open. Also, I want to invite you to be a part of our two-year journey through the Bible. Stand on the Word every morning, 8.44 a.m. Eastern Time. You can join me for the daily devotion based on the reading for today. You can find out more about that. Go to frc.org slash Bible. You can find it also at TonyPerkins.com. Well, at the Family Research Council, we're celebrating June as Life Month commemorate last year's Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade on June the 24th. But for some, for some, June marks a month-long daily onslaught of pride messaging. 
the LGBT industry's refrain has been, join us in celebrating our lifestyle or else we'll cancel you. But this year, but this year, an unusual but good and hopefully permanently decreasing trend line seems to be developing. Even Newsweek observed a more uh, kind of muffled approach from corporate America this June. Have consumers' voices finally been heard? Or maybe have their dollars been missed? With me now to discuss this and more, Mike Huckabee, former governor of Arkansas, Baptist preacher, former presidential candidate, and now host of the wildly popular Huckabee on TBN. Governor Huckabee, thanks for joining me. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you, Tony. And uh, I was really tuned into what you were saying because I am encouraged. It looks like for the first time in a number of years, uh, people are waking up and they've just had it. You know, there's a certain point. Everyone wants to be kind and respectful. Uh, Nobody wants to be labeled a bigot or a racist or a homophobe or a transphobe. But most Christians are none of those things. We're just people that want to live our lives uh, and be left alone in order to lead our families and love our families and work in our communities. But over the past few years, the militancy of the LGBTQIA+, however many alphabet letters we have currently now uh, added to this, they've decided that it's unacceptable if people don't just wave a rainbow flag the entire month of June. And people are sick of it because what we're seeing is not just simply people who are homosexual or lesbian who want to be able to live their lives and their relationships, uh, as they said at the beginning, just want to be able to love who we want to love. That's no longer what this is about. This is about forcing people to accept a lifestyle uh, that includes the most irrational things like mutilation of children's bodies and permanently and irreparably um, doing damage to them, believing that six, seven, eight-year-olds have a, a, a right of consent on their bodies when we don't even let them get a tattoo until they're 18. So this is encouraging, and we're seeing it across the scope. And I think what's happened with Targets uh, is just a great example. They've lost uh, 2% of their stock. They're down $13 billion in market value. I mean, that's a gut punch to a big company. It is. And, I mean, we we see Bud Light, uh, same thing. They are, uh, you know, they have almost 30% decrease in their uh, market share and their value. But I, I think it's it's even more, as you talked about, you know, people, Americans are pretty tolerant, you know, hey, don't bother me, you know, you stay on your side of the fence and, you know, we'll, we'll do our barbecue, you do yours and we'll be fine. But this agenda is different. When you look at, as you just talked about, we're talking about mutilating children, their yeah. bodies, eight years old, you know, nine years old, 10 years old, and doing it oftentimes hiding it from the parents, what's happening in our schools. And so I think this is why we're seeing moms and and dads that are finally saying, wait a minute, I thought this was about what you wanted to do, not about what you wanted to do to my children. Well, and that's an important point to make. Uh, This whole notion of pushing drag queen story hour into libraries and somehow parents are supposed to say, yeah, that's okay, that's normal. Tony, there's something incredibly 
disgusting about thinking that drag queens ought to be in front of six and seven-year-old children at a public library. And and I've wondered, and I'm, I'm sure you have too, if this is such a delightful artistic experience, how come the drag queens don't want to go and do their story hour at a nursing home with older people? How come it's always to little children? I never see them say, we're going to have a drag queen story hour over at the retirement home. Because they would beat them in the head with their canes. And and absolutely they would. But what we're seeing is these folks wanting to get in front of little bitty children. And that's grooming. That's trying to encourage these children to accept as normal something that, quite frankly, uh, is nothing close to normal. And we're not talking about the artistic expression uh, you know, people have said, oh, well, it's like uh, uh, the movie Tootsie or the old Tony Curtis movie, Some Like It Hot. No, that was played as camp. It was played up as comedy. Nobody took seriously right. that, that this was uh, normal. Or and, like and the old uh, Carol Burnett shows. Exactly. You know, so you have people who will, you know, do powder puff football or all sorts of things. But it was all done in comedy. And everybody understood this is a guy who is dressing as a girl uh, for some particular comedic purpose. That's not what we're talking about. These are people who seriously want to not just engage little children, but to influence them to think that it is perfectly normal to wake up one day and say, you know, mommy, I think I think even though that I have a boy's body, I think I'm a girl. And his mother, oh, she's so kind and wonderful. This is great. Let's go buy you some dresses and Barbie dolls. And that's not normal. Both the mom and that boy need a counselor, uh, not a trip to the mall. I, I want to broaden this just a little bit, Governor, because this vortex that's kind of been created by corporate America pursuing this wokeness has sucked in many corporations. Eleven years ago, uh, you approached me uh, and some others about promoting a, a a business that was, at the time, standing firm for, for marriage uh, as the union of a man and a woman, speaking out back when that whole debate was raging over over marriage. And they were being pummeled by the left for simply stating what had been the norm for millennia. Um, but that corporation, you know, Chick-fil-A, what was kind of became a rallying cry for Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day back in, uh, I think it was in August, July, August of uh, 2012, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken on my dates. Shortly right. thereafter, we had a shooting here at the Family Research Council where a gunman came in, uh, an LGBTQ activist. 100 rounds, 15 Chick-fil-A sandwiches, was going to kill as many of us as he could and then cram the Chick-fil-A sandwiches in our mouths. Uh, you know, it was interesting after that, um, and that guy was convicted, Floyd Corkins of domestic terrorism. You know, we never heard from Chick-fil-A. Um, and, and we've watched them over the last decade move further and further to the left, where it's just recently announced that they now have a diversity, equity, and inclusion vice president. What's happened with them? Well, Tony, they've uh, they bought into the lie. I, I don't know any other way to say it. I can't be polite about it because there's no way to say, oh, they they're just trying to stay out of harm's way. No, that they, they have injected themselves into the diversity, equity, and inclusion model. They've hired someone to be their vice president of DEI. 
And when a company does that, what they basically are saying is, we want to be able to sit at the cool kids table. You know, we, we, we're like in junior high and we don't want to be over there by ourselves anymore. We don't want people to make fun of us or point their fingers at us. We don't want to be isolated from the cool kids. We want to sit at their table. And that's what this is about in these major corporations. And I don't know who it is they listen to, but it's tragic. I remember when uh, I talked to you, you were a very big part of helping us organize the Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day, which was not a boycott. It was a boycott. We just said, let these folks know that you appreciate the the moral stand they've taken on marriage. And Dan Cathy, the CEO, uh, got in trouble because he made the comment that marriage is between a man and a woman. Now, it wasn't too long after that, not just beyond the shooting that happened at your headquarters, but then Chick-fil-A started moving closer and closer to the very people that showed them nothing but hate. Mm -hmm. And for that, I don't know what they've achieved from it, but more recently, the company has really decided to go full bore woke, and it's really disturbing. I'll be honest, one of the big regrets of my life was... uh, taking such a public stand uh, for them in 2012, helping to turn the tide that was really about to go against them in a very significant way. They were being shut out of cities like New York and Boston and Chicago, told they couldn't come there. Uh, After I think they saw the extraordinary support that Chick-fil-A had across the country, even in places like Los Angeles, many of those governments backed off. But Chick-fil-A's response, rather than to say, thank you, Christian community, for standing with us and not abandoning us when we were getting pummeled, was to say, hmm, uh, well, we're going to move on now. And the next thing you know, Chick-fil-A abandoned their longstanding relationship with the Salvation Army and the uh, Paul Anderson uh, Christian Ministry for Young Men and they started linking up with an organization called Covenant House, which is a pro-pride, pro-LGBTQ, whatever else, uh, organization in New York that has uh, a pride float in the big parade every year. And and it just made no sense. And then Dan Cathy uh, very publicly said that every white man should get on his knees and apologize to black men and shine their shoes and and that's fine if he feels some level of guilt. I, I don't know what he did in his life, but but I don't feel any sense of guilt for how I've treated people in my life because I was raised to respect everybody regardless of their race. Um, and then this hiring of the uh, vice president for DEI and making it very clear that Chick-fil-A uh, wants to be in the mainstream of wokeness. And they want to join up with all the other companies like Burger King and McDonald's. And so, quite frankly, my attitude about Chick-fil-A is that they're just another company selling chicken. Uh, They're not open on Sunday. That's the only distinguishing thing. But not being open on a particular day doesn't erase what you really stand for. And, Tony, before I I lose this thought, I I just I have to say I, I feel deeply for the people who are the owner operators of Chick-fil-A restaurants, most all of whom are deeply devoted believers. This is not what they embrace, but it's what the uh, the mothership has embraced. And it's hurting their business. It's hurting their ability to do the life they want to do. And then that's unfortunate. 
but it doesn't look like Chick-fil-A is going to reverse course. It looks like they're uh, going all in on this uh, left wing and really unbiblical worldview. This is Marxism, pure and simple, this whole idea of, of denigrating people and making modern people uh, somehow feel responsible for the sins of their ancestors, if in fact their ancestors even committed the sin. Well, Governor, it, it really shows us the importance of what the Bible teaches us about teaching one generation and the next generation, because this is not the Truett Cathy um, uh, Chick-fil-A. I mean, you know what, you knew him, I knew him, uh, we knew what he stood for, and that's what the, uh, the, the company stood for, and that's what we supported on Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day and what we hoped they would return to. But as you said, it looks like they're moving in the opposite direction just to become another chicken selling, uh, chicken yeah. sandwich selling business. Uh, they're, they're losing their distinction. Well, it makes it much easier for me just to go to Popeye's. You Actually, know? Popeye's chicken sandwiches are pretty good. They're, they're, uh, they're the best there are, and I'm not making a commercial for them. But, you know, I don't feel any sense of like, well, I ought to go support Chick-fil-A because they're standing with the things I care about. No longer do I need to feel that way because they're not standing for the things right. that matter to me. And quite frankly, my attitude is, look, if a business doesn't want to cater to Christians, that's fine. I'm not buying their politics or their faith. I'm buying their product. But if you're going to take a stand and say that you're different and you're you're unique and you don't mind being associated with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but then your actions and your affiliations show that you really kind of are ashamed of the gospel. The truth is, Tony, if we take the stand for Christ, it doesn't mean everybody's going to love us. Right. A lot of people are going to hate us. And we'll, we'll be obnoxious to many people. And I don't want to be intentionally obnoxious, but I've only got one, one faith system that's based on one book. And I was excited to hear you talk about the two-year Bible reading plan because we have a bunch of biblical ignorance and illiteracy in our culture. Right. And if we just simply get back to the scripture, it gets pretty simple. It there are is. two genders. Governor, we got to leave it there. We're out of time and, and you've made me hungry. I got to go get a hamburger. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you, Tony. Folks, good to see you as well. Lord willing, we'll be back again tomorrow night, and I hope you will as well. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.